0: So how are you guys uh liking the new weather the fall weather no more no more heat
1: no more heat <laughs> <Maybe> <laughs> we gotta bring heat onto the show
2: yeah <laughs> yes make, make it hot
1: <laughs> <laughs> welcome back to another episode of popcorn lore this week we're going to do a double feature so we'll have um episode on memento. Uh, memento and an episode on the movie we're going to talk about today which is what is it aaron the boy and the
2: beast
1: awesome cue the music
2: cue the music i just have to be stronger than he owes right all the rest is just for show man. the lord sets
0: i stand, in it's fashion you had one apprentice
2: how long will you last a
0: month a week no a day Even a whole day. It's the morning. Yeah, well, he was a crybaby.
2: Beggars can't be choosers. I know. While we're here, why don't you find yourself a human and make him your apprentice? Hey,
0: it's not a bad idea.
1: And we're back. Woo! Magic, magic. Okay, so today's feature is The Boy and the Beast. So um, it was a feature that Aaron picked. Um, you want to elaborate a little bit on that, Aaron?
2: Yeah, so um, I'm a big fan of uh, the, I guess you'd say the animation director of uh, this movie and just anime in general. So I think that's been touched on a couple times. TJ had asked for permission even to watch princess mononoke so right. uh yeah. i I, <laughs> I had to uh i wanted to be true to that and i wanted to uh talk about one of his movies um i'm a big fan of his uh and uh i've watched some of his movies for a while and something that was kind of cool about this one in particular and it's a theme obviously which we'll discuss on later is this is the first time rewatching this particular movie after having a, a the sun and obviously the movie hit very very differently so uh that was that was one of the reasons i wanted to talk a little bit about this movie and uh and go over it a little bit so that was my that was my reasoning for it and i also wanted you guys like i think it's probably a movie you guys probably wouldn't typically watch so i wanted to kind of expose you to him and and just get your feelings on on everything and what you felt so
1: awesome awesome and what about your yourself uh tony did you know about this movie prior to Aaron's? um
0: well like i said in previous episodes i I haven't really watched animes all that much Mm -hmm. so i mean i can't even i haven't even watched enough to compare it to other animes but uh, i enjoyed the movie um i guess it's a kind of this type of movie is kind of like a a samurai training movie with the with, with the student <laughs> with, with the apprentice and the master, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you know it's not the first one is the, that was made like this. Mm-hmm. No, it's so... the first one. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: oh, it's the first one. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like I, I'm sure, like cinema, I'm sure, totally. like this is <laughs> get ready program. Though, yeah, like I'm sure this is a even though I haven't seen I haven't really seen other types of this genre, but I'm sure like this is an established genre, and it's my first time watching this type of anime um i enjoyed it and um it does touch upon one of the subjects is what Aaron mentioned with the father son it also i feel it also touches on other subjects which like for example like teenage uh teenagehood mm-hmm. and which which i i'll talk about and um like overall the movie yeah it was very good very entertaining uh you took place the the human world was in shibuya a Shibuya, which I've been to once, so that was nice to... Oh,
2: that's cool. I didn't know that. The, I'm, yeah. I'm going to talk about that a little bit, so yeah, we'll, we'll save that. That's awesome, actually.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and having two worlds, uh, the human world and the beast world, that I found that was pretty cool. And nice. ultimately, what touched me about the movie was like the ultimate sacrifice that uh, Kumatetsu did at the end, transferring himself into the sword slash spiritual entity that lit, that r- would ultimately reside reside in the boy mm. so um yeah overall uh I was, I was satisfied with this movie but yeah like compared to princess mononaki it's like a, a very different type of movie Definitely. with different su- with different subjects
2: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah what about you tj
1: yeah it's the first time that i um ever watched uh, an anime by the this director Um, I really like the animation especially like the the still frames and there was a lot of interesting angles I like the fact that like um, a lot of the animation in the movie was like uh, almost like a painting the background and then like there was animation that was happening while the painting was kind of like in a still frame Mm -hmm. so I really like that aspect of the movie Um, I like uh, some of the themes for sure it's definitely a coming of age film for sure Yeah, And um, yeah, just uh, like a lot of uh, themes I feel of um, being a dad, manhood, being a dad, finding your your way and uh, kind of like belonging, I think is a lot of uh, of that from what I felt in the movie. But um, before just diving in, I wanted to take a look at uh, the films that were also released in the same year. So this is 2015. And correct me if I'm wrong, it is 15, correct? Aaron? Yeah, yeah, saw, yeah, correct.
0: I saw it on the list. Okay, uh, okay. perfect.
1: So it's um, the film I think that uh, a lot of people will will remember is uh, The Revenant was released in uh, 2015. So that's uh, with Leo. Um, you also had La La Land. You had Whiplash. Uh,
2: um,
1: you had Birdman. And you had uh, Mullen... Mulla. Moholyn, Drive. I
0: don't know. How... No, that's
1: too... Moholyn. Oh, so, Moholyn. Oh, okay. M- my my apologies. Actually, not <laughs> uh, not the same name. I'm looking, at the wrong, I'm looking at the list here on the on the web, and it's uh, the wrong uh, wrong movie in the list. But yeah, those are the, some of the movies that um, that were featured, and obviously you have this movie here. So without uh, further ado, um, do you guys m- remember like this year uh, for movies or?
0: Uh, Whiplash really stuck out, <laughs> really, really touched me. And this is one of those AMC movies like that. I would like to go to AMC, which is like the Montreal forum because they, they have like 18 theaters and like half of them is just like smaller independent movies. Mm-hmm. So, uh, sometimes they play, they show anime, sometimes they show Indian movies and Chinese movies and Whiplash is one of those smaller movies that started off there. And, uh, yeah, that, that movie really marked me.
1: Yeah, that movie marked me as well because of um, the music school aspect. Yeah, uh, something that I've I've been through, so I, I kind of uh, can relate to a lot of the stuff in that film.
0: But Birdman was very good too.
1: Birdman was very yeah. good too, and The Revenant too was a was a very good uh, movie as well. And I really liked uh, Tom Hardy's uh, role in that as the villain. <laughs> I mean, he did a good job with that. What about you? Aaron? do you remember this? Um, uh, this
2: I I can't say I. <laughs> remember it per se but i do remember watching some of the movies from it like the, uh, it was a big movie for blockbuster a big year for blockbusters like there was a star wars movie there was a avengers, I think, avengers movie yeah. yeah there was a fast and furious movie i'm pretty sure uh, the martian that was a good one well, yeah. the, I, I, Scott, think, yeah. I think i watched i definitely watched star wars that's for sure uh, and I definitely watched Avengers, that's for sure. And I probably, knowing me, saw the Fast and Furious movie, too, because I'm a sucker for those movies and turning my brain off and watching that one. That one, I think, was actually after um, uh, uh, Paul Walker passed away, too. I'm pretty sure that was the that was the one where Paul Walker passed away, too. So, yeah, I suppose I do remember uh, uh, going to see a bunch of blockbuster movies that year. That That's 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 primarily what I remember. OK, awesome.
1: All right, well, um, let's talk more about this film. So um, you can take us away, Aaron.
2: Awesome. So, yeah, so just um, getting into the movie itself. So uh, before I talk about the movie, I wanted to take a little bit of time to talk about uh, the director. So one of the reasons I obviously picked this movie is I'm a big fan. Of the animation director's name is Mamoru, Mamoru Hosoda. So, yeah. Um, He's, uh, these days, obviously, he's got a ton of accolades. Um, He's been involved with a lot of different um, famous animation studios and uh, animes. Uh, So uh, he comes from very humble beginnings. Uh, I think his mom was like a tailor or something like that. And his dad was uh, an engineer. And then, shockingly, or not so shockingly, um, if you had to guess, TJ, his main inspiration for anime was probably
1: um miyazaki
2: Miyazaki. and some something that i'll talk about in the lore obviously is that uh they end up having a interesting relationship so i'll I'll get into that momentarily and it's kind of funny because that was his like inspiration in his childhood dream and things didn't necessarily go the way he planned so um he uh he, he apparently felt inspired by um of one of the, like, uh, movies, uh, like, how Miyazaki movies, or the Studio Ghibli mm-hmm. movies, um, so, and that ultimately kind of, like, inspired him essentially to kind of pursue art, so ultimately he ended up getting, um, like, majoring in, like, in painting, actually. Uh, after he uh, ended up graduating, um, he was working on something, I guess, in his spare time, and then apparently it was so impressive that it actually ended up getting him a job at uh, Toei Animation for anybody that knows Toei is like a huge animation company they're the ones that do like uh like Dragon Ball for example Digimon um uh, th- th- those are like super mainstream ones but they do they do everything like Saint Seiya there's a ton of like re- uh, One Piece uh, they do a ton of really super famous um anime so um it's pretty cool and he actually ended up working on a lot of those uh, Sailor Moon so um After he ended up getting into Toei, um, he had also applied to ultimately work with Hao Miyazaki at Studio Ghibli, who, um, as we had previously watched the movie for, was the director of um, uh, Princess Mononoke, Mononoke Hime. So um, he was essentially so successful and he was so good at what he did that he really quickly like rise through the rankings at Toei. So, um, and in particular, there was a couple, like, famous um, kind of uh, stints that he did, particularly with Digimon and another, another anime, which I'm not, I actually have never heard of, called Our War Game, which ultimately um, ended up getting him noticed by Studio Ghibli. So, um, after he kind of garnered this attention and it, it was ultimately his dream to work with how Miyazaki and studio Ghibli, he was actually picked to be the director of Howl's moving castle, which, oh, um, wow. yeah, which is super, super famous, uh, movie ultimately now. Um, he, he was picked in 2001. The movie ultimately, uh, was scheduled and came out, I think around 2003. However, things didn't go as he planned at all. Um, he had very specific um, directions for how he wanted the movie to be made. How's Moving Castle in particular was based on a, a book. So he, him and essentially Hao Miyazaki are bo- were both like very, very um, particular about how they wanted the movie to be made. And ultimately, because even though he was picked for the movie, ultimately because basically him and Hao Miyazaki couldn't get along and had too many creative differences. Um mm-hmm he, he ended up leaving studio Ghibli without making a single film there. Uh, even though he had this like ultimate opportunity to essentially work on what eventually became one of the, you know, biggest anime movies of all time. So, uh, pretty interesting to say the least. Um, and that was something actually that uh, prior to me um, doing research about him, I, I didn't actually even realize. So it made a lot of sense based on the animation style that he was a fan, obviously, but at the same time, um, uh, it's pretty shocking that imagine you basically get your dream job and then things don't go like according to plan. Right. So And also yeah.
1: with me working with one of your idols too.
2: Yeah. It's so, it's funny, you know, they, they say, um uh, was it what's the saying? Don't meet your do yeah, never meet idol. your idols, yeah, don't
1: meet your heroes or something, don't meet that.
2: your heroes, yeah, something like that. So that's like a prime definition exactly. of that, yeah. yeah. So after uh, he ended up leaving uh, Studio Ghibli, uh, he ended up going back to um, Toei and then he started working on some of the like major um, the major uh, uh, kind of um, like animations for them. He also even was starting to do like commercials. Like he did an animated commercial for Louis Vuitton, which is pretty cool. Um, he worked on a bunch of one piece, um, him. And so in 2004, he ended up meeting his partner, uh, whose name is Yuichi, Yuichiro Saito. Um, he was very, very important um, because essentially they ended up becoming um, partners and ultimately opening up eventually um their own studio after they kind of worked together like going forward after 2004 and the original time that they met and worked together was actually on one of my uh on the intro of one of my most famous uh uh, and um one of my most favorite animes which is uh, samurai shampoo so they they actually he actually created the opening uh for um samurai shampoo um with uh, his partner. And ultimately they ended up working together on a ton of stuff, which, uh, later led to them opening up a studio of their own called studio Chizu and ultimately having a ton of uh, success. Um, he, this movie
1: was released through that studio.
2: Yeah. So this particular movie was released through that studio. It came later, Um, uh, his kind of, his kind of first main, um, movie that so he ended up leaving Toei to go to another company called Madhouse again another super duper famous I oh, am yeah, Madhouse. Uh, That's one, uh, the
1: uh, one that does uh, One Punch Man, right?
2: Yep, they do a t- they do a ton of they do a ton of super famous um super famous anime. So um he ended up leaving with his partner essentially to do um uh his his first like major directing job and so what he would do is he would direct and then his partner ultimately would write the scripts. This is important mm-hmm. Because um, for The Boy and the Beast, it was actually the first movie where he decided to both direct and do the script. And a lot of people were very critical of this script because it didn't have the same level of kind of depth that a lot of his other movies ended up having. Um, it's funny that
1: you mentioned that because it was actually one of my gripes I had with the movie. Yeah, the film.
2: a lot of people have have a ton of gripes with that because it's, it's funny. Like
1: I didn't even know about that. Yeah,
2: so. it's it, and it's funny because if we had a, if I had to pick any of his other movies, they're it's not really like that. Especially some of the most famous ones like The Girl Who Left Through Time or Summer okay. Wars, which which were both done at Madhouse in two thousand six and eventually in two thousand nine. Um, mm-hmm. And both of those movies ended up. Actually, I think all of his movies that he's released have, have ended up winning Japanese Academy Awards. Um, this movie in particular you hear that was, from me? the Japanese yeah, Academy the, Awards. The Japanese Academy Awards. So every major film, not that the
0: American produced, American Academy, no, Academy Awards. No, so,
2: so so this one got considered for an American Academy Award while we're on the while we're on the topic of accolades. Oh wow! It, okay. Yeah, it did actually for animation. It it to, yeah, for animation for best animated okay. movie, but it it Very ultimately cool. didn't get nominated. So it was. Um, it was in the runnings, but it 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 ultimately fell short. And I don't know if he's ever had a movie that's been a, a nominated for an Academy Award or not. I, he's won lots of the Japanese ones, obviously. He wins them basically every time he puts them out. But uh, he, uh, I don't think. Uh, oh, he did. He got nominated for an Oscar in 2019 for his uh, one of his newer movies called um, *Mirai*. So. So yeah, that's a that's a little bit about um, him. Did you guys have any thoughts or any any kind of uh, questions?
0: Well, I was wondering what well, what were the the disagreements he had with the the other director.
2: So yeah, so essentially, I mean, it's tough to know, obviously, uh, but but essentially, what they kind of said was uh, uh, that he was supposed to get the creative rights to the movie, essentially, so he was supposed to, like, hold the reins. But actually, something we talked about before in one of the previous podcasts is how Miyazaki is notorious for being extremely picky and, like, you know, at the end of the day, it's his studio, right? He kind of runs the show. So him, so Hosoda and Miyazaki, essentially, from the way they talked about it, were butting heads because um, uh, Hosoda was basically saying, like, I thought I'm the director. I thought I'm the one that gets to direct the movie. I thought it's, like, my vision. But ultimately, it seems like um, Miyazaki... He was, step- he was stepping all over him. Yeah. It's, and, <laughs> and, and and basically, from the sounds of things, like, uh, they just they couldn't come to any, um, like, agreements. And then ultimately, yeah. it's funny because Miyazaki ended up just directing the movie himself. So... Great. Yeah.
1: So, uh, just to go yeah. back on um, what we were talking about, like uh, we were talking about the saying, like um, don't meet your heroes or whatever. And yeah. I find like it's actually really important that you do because I find that like when you're when you're growing up or you're you know into a certain thing and you're kind of like uh, idolizing this person, you kind of like want to be them in this, in a way.
2: Yeah. And it's like
1: only when you meet them that you realize that like I don't actually want to be this person. I just want to <laughs> be myself. And I find that that's like um, a big part of this movie as well as kind of that message as well, which is kind of uh, interesting.
2: Yeah, it's true. Even though this happened, even though this movie kind of happens a little bit later, um, it's you're not wrong because, and it's kind of funny because for this particular director, he obviously worked his whole life to get into this studio and then got this massive opportunity. And then even though it didn't end up working out for him, as soon as he ended up going back to Studio Toei and uh, ultimately within a two or three year period, he ended up basically directing his first major movie, which ultimately won, you know, national awards, awards for him. Right. So, so I would I would imagine it was a good learning opportunity for him because he is, it essentially helped him to break out to, to and then later start his own thing.
1: Right. So uh, uh, let's just dive into this lore, basically, or or, or the themes, or, or yeah. the movie.
2: Yeah, so one of the major uh, kind of interesting things about this movie, obviously, is um, it's it's very much about fatherhood, right? Mm-hmm. So so just to provide a little bit of a synopsis about the movie, um, ultimately uh, the main character Ren, um, he goes by a different name based on what the what the the his Adoptive father ends up calling him later Kumatetsu, but uh, he um, his his mom ultimately passes away unexpectedly. Um, these are common themes uh, uh, that that ultimately happen in 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 Japan. People you know are working way too hard, and you know, and just life in general. These types of things happen. So he's ultimately left in a scenario where um, he's supposed to be raised by some adoptive parents. Um, something that you'll notice, even in the scene at the very beginning, when um, he's like trying to get, like when he's trying to like talk to those parents and stuff like that, is actually there's a little bit of like uh, symbolism there because if you notice, he's like laying on the ground and he's kind of like, kind of not receptive to a lot of stuff, and then they're kind of overarching and they don't have faces and they look almost like ominous. And th- that that's kind of yeah, that's yeah. kind of
0: how 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 you feel as a child. Exactly. I mean, sometimes when people are talking to you you never you know, you, don't, you don't even remember what their faces it, look like. It's just it's just the overpowering like the voices and It
1: reminds me of like uh Charlie Brown like you know when the adults talk yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, like, makes sense, you know? yeah
2: yeah so one of the things
1: <laughs> like two different worlds yeah
2: yeah exactly so so and actually that's kind of what the symbolism was supposed to be so it's cool that you got that feeling but a lot of it is like kind of like the pressure of society essentially yeah and i
1: also noticed uh in the beginning of the film um like there's like those two cops that are that are talking to the girl that's like going away yeah uh, or like or or, like not not running away but like they find a girl in the streets and they're like hey you're too young to like you know and it's kind of like they're mon- like adults are always monitoring you and also they're like the- there's shots from like the camera from shibuya that's like mm-hmm. looking at the uh like you're basically you're always being monitored it's kind of like adults that are always monitoring yeah, the, yeah. children yeah that yeah, kind of that, thing,
2: yeah yeah and that that even is supposed to be like symbolic almost like to the like the pressures of society like they're always exactly, there exactly, basically yeah. right so it's yeah. like it's it's like i don't want to say it's big brother or anything but it's like it's very much like Especially in Japan, there's so many societal pressures. like there the people really have to work hard. They're forced to kind of follow a lot of the same path just based on you know the culture. And I think mm-hmm. uh he does a really good job of kind of like displaying that that feeling or information
0: well, so... also yeah, also stereotypically on the on on the girl Kede, or Kaide Kaide yeah uh, yeah they uh, her parents are like pressuring her to go to school and she has to study and she has to do well and she's looking for her freedom and she wants to do what she wants to do and you know that kind mm-hmm. of stuff very yeah. stereotypical but but yeah for sure in in Japan uh the the society the parents and everything
2: yeah yeah they,
0: yeah. Have, they put a lot of pressure
2: yeah so as the, obviously, what ends up happening is um, Ren ends up running away fr- from from that stuff, and ultimately he finds himself in at the Shibuya crossing. Um, at which point um, he has a you know fateful encounter with um, who at the, the character that ends up kind of being his uh, foster foster father, and he's essentially accidentally, not so accidentally, led into kind of a, a fantasy world where humans aren't really welcome. Because humans can kind of harbor a lot of like uh, um, kind of negative energies, um, and so and then that the world itself is full of beasts, and there's a whole lore ultimately with um, with the beasts and stuff like that. So something that's cool about about a lot of um, aspects of the movie is there's a ton of um, symbolism when it comes specifically to things like um, like philosophies of uh, of Buddhism so mm-hmm. i noticed one the, that as well yeah yeah so um first off something i forgot to mention is and one of the reasons actually that um mamoru hasoda wanted to make this movie is this was the first movie that he made after becoming a father so he had like a young yeah. he had a young kid essentially and one of the themes essentially was um kind of like childhood rage so to speak i know it's not mm-hmm. that's not like a, a great definition for it but essentially it's like the wrath like even no matter what age like the wrath of a child can have like an impact on your life essentially you know what i mean so and then at the same time like even if you're even though even if like you can be anybody but when you choose to take up the mantle of being a father essentially like like even if you're no good or you don't know what to do or whatever if you try your best you can ultimately like you know be a good parent right and that's obviously the way they try and you know make kumatetsu he's He's very far from being like a perfect character. In fact he's very very imperfect. he's like super loud he's super obnoxious he's super short he's a terrible teacher at the beginning and for a while anyways um, but ultimately you know he tries his best and, and he ends up uh, kind of being a better well he is he ends up being a better father essentially than the father that Bren um, ends up meeting later. And even though they do eventually develop a relationship, he kind of always holds that foster parent um, in his heart, which ultimately, as Tony talked about before, ends up being kind of the one of the major themes of the movie. Um,
1: what, one of the things I found really funny in this movie was, um, who's Kumatetsu's rival? What's his name? Uh, e- e- Rose. E- 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 e-
0: it yeah, it wasn't, wasn't, right. yeah.
1: so he's like the polar opposite of, of him yeah he's like yeah like, uh, he, he's well well-mannered uh, respectful like and like he has two two of the kids and right away in the beginning of the movie i'm like i like i noticed it right away i was like yeah. he should have went on mori' because he is not the father of his kid. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Whatever kid this is is definitely a human, you know. Yeah. And that eventually becomes um, Ren's rival or Ren's a kind of a antagonist later on in the, yeah. the movie. And, yeah. And uh, I just found that was really funny because, like, it was uh, quite apparent from the
0: from the get go.
2: Did and you I, catch then... that, Tony?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I, I actually I was actually um, paying attention to other aspects of the movie, but definitely when that child um started having fits of rage you know i noticed that something was going on okay
1: <laughs> I, I noticed he was just a human like right off the bat well <laughs> i didn't i i, I assumed it was a beast,
0: was a beast. Okay, just like that okay. looked like a human or, okay okay but you know i obviously we found out later he was a human right yeah but um i i would like to like what one aspect like, yeah there is the the father aspect which i think um, he kind of had like two fathers. but for those I don't know how much what was it seven, eight years he was with uh, Kumetetsu. Mm-hmm. and then he and then he started living in the human world a little. he found his dad. he was very shy about it he found his dad. But then out of nowhere, he would start like shouting and yelling and being aggressive, right? Uh-huh. so he he had he he adopted the behavior of his foster dad. and we we adopt the behaviors of our fathers like as a child, I was very—I was a bit short-tempered and everything—and that's because my dad. My dad was like that, and um and after that, what happened was he—he he didn't know who he was. He—he he couldn't find his identity. Exactly. Was he like his first dad? Or was he, was he, like his real dad? Was like did he belong in the human world? Did belong? He was like, they were he was lost. Not, he was torn apart. He was lost, and I don't think that's very um foreign because i think as a teenager a lot of us became a that way or a lot of people are that way as teenagers like pressured from your parents should i study this should i study that uh i feel like running away uh, i don't know who i am these are like very common things being a teenager so even though you said the director it's like he wrote this after becoming a father i find there's a lot of aspects of what it's like to be a teenager that exists in this movie.
1: Yeah, it's a coming of like I said, a, it's a coming of age film. Yeah, you know, so. yeah. But yeah. I wanted to touch more uh, again on what um, Aaron was saying about the themes of Buddhism because right away in the in the movie, we're we're introduced to um, what's what Kima Tetsu? Oh, Tetsu, yeah, yeah. Uh, his his uh, the Lord oh, yeah. of the World, and he, right away they introduced the theme of uh, reincarnation uh, right away. In yeah, the, in the you film.
0: reincarnate as something. Because he's
1: reincarnating as a god and he's trying yeah. to pick which god he can be. And I found that was really interesting too because um, a lot of kind of growing up and um, not being lost, it's decision-making, right? Mm-hmm. And I found that was a very, uh, a, a theme uh, about, even for him, he's mm-hmm. he's supposed to be the leader. and, and no, Even of, the bunny
0: lord. The, yeah, exactly. Ask, yes. He has to make he, he an important
1: decision and um and uh, he's stuck kind of like you know he's he's doing the wise thing of taking his time to kind of figure things out but he even has to figure
0: things out but in the end the bear i mean kumatetsu (laughs) he decided he made he made his decision
2: yeah he ends up up, yeah yeah (laughs) the the, the kumatetsu ends up stealing the the guy's like wish basically at the very end right yeah yeah, yeah. actually
0: he became the reincarnated god and he decided yeah. to become the the sword, the sword.
2: Or, yeah uh, exactly
0: yeah
1: which i find is a very very fitting uh symbol like a
0: symbolism and i'm sure and Eren... that goes to show that people who yell at you and are, are and <laughs> yell all the, like like in this case he's always fighting and yelling with the boy uh with ren and it seems like they hate each other and everything but in the end no one could have loved him as much as he loved him yeah by doing that sacrifice
1: but i feel the the symbolism with the sword is it's a really powerful one especially for fatherhood and i'm I'm sure aaron aaron knows about this um yeah for sure because it's it's ultimately like you know you're gonna leave this this world and um you know he transforms into a weapon so he knows that like the kid can defend himself and he has like you know um yeah and i think that's what i
0: got from that and he could yeah you're arming him and i think you're He's, arming him exactly. Yeah, but also yeah, I think the was, yeah exactly to take on. I the, think in the, the end he was able to communicate to able. with him. It yeah, was, definitely too. Yeah. But
1: I also feel that there's a symbolism yeah, there yeah. of you're, you're this is the reality, this is the grown-up world now, and yeah. you need to have this kind of weapon yeah. uh to defend yourself and to make your, your way, you know?
2: Yeah. And, and, and it so one of the cool lines he says actually before he turns into the sword is basically like any small fry, like any any basically any small fry like anybody you don't have to be like a god or whatever like anybody can essentially make that decision for their child right and like that that's kind of that's something that that one strikes close to home because he's basically saying like it doesn't matter who you are like if you're a parent or whatever you don't have to be whatever you don't have to be famous you don't have to be anything like this is what you can do for your child to like ultimately set them up to to be successful um, or just to yeah.
1: to just alive <laughs>
2: yeah so yeah it's more so it's more so basic for, uh, yeah yeah um, how did
0: Aaron, how did that uh did did that give you any insights or feelings about your relationship with your your son
2: yeah i mean like for me watching the whole movie it, so the movie hits for me in a couple different ways because for one he teaches his son sword fighting and as you guys know i'm a kendo teacher so even the way the fact of how he's teaching he's trying to teach the kid and he's saying like oh like you just do it (laughs) it's like that's what you want to say to everybody right but you want to say that to your kid when you're teaching them stuff you want to say that to i want to say that to my kendo students when i'm telling them how to swing or whatever but in reality what ends up happening is like you have to find ways to communicate properly in order to like reach reach different people Uh, successfully and ultimately in order to be able to teach you have to you have to work on yourself too like teaching is interesting because in order for you to teach you have to be able to do it and then you have to be so good at doing it that you have to be able to break every piece down and explain it which ultimately makes you better right so that um, that kind of feeling is the feeling that I had watching a a lot of the movie and then obviously like um, as the kid grows older and stuff like that and he you know they have like different disagreements and those sorts of things and he's trying to control them but he can't control his kid like all that stuff i haven't got there obviously with my son but i can i can see where it's going <laughs> i also
1: like the, the the part where he um the bear that's <laughs> still calls him learns something from the kid you know yeah with the foot, yeah the, the footing yeah
2: yeah the foot the footwork basically like uh, he refined
0: he, his uh his skills because of the child exactly yeah, yeah. So yeah, all right, guys. So uh,
1: yeah, go ahead, Aaron. Sorry.
2: Yeah. So um, one of the things that uh, I thought that was cool that I wanted to talk about with a little bit. So Tony, I didn't realize, and TJ, I know you've been to Japan too, but um, I think all of us have been to, have have been to or or recognize Shibuya Crossing, and something that that I think I wanted to ask you guys a little bit was like, did you was there any like stuff that you recognize being in that area? Um, in in the shibuya crossing so and like if you have like what your thoughts were about like that kind of cinematography and that realism
0: well i don't remember the exact um shops and stuff actually when i was there i'm not even sure if there was a starbucks i was there in like 2004 so uh, but i do remember the crossing the huge crossing i do and i remember how many people were there and the feeling you get when there's like a massive amount of people walking hurriedly around you. And uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, I got the, I got the, I was able to catch a feeling of that from my, from my time there. Yeah.
2: Nice. How about you, TJ?
1: Yeah. Like um, it's one of those places, like when I saw it in the, the animated film, it, like I was directly transplanted back to that crossing. Cause it's a very unique experience uh, and they it's almost like it well they they obviously recognize that right and it's kind of like you're on center stage kind of like uh, that's the feeling you get when you're there yeah I just always remember like seeing Shibuya 109 which is like a famous uh clothing kind of like tower in Shibuya but like yeah oh, cool. obviously there's there's the uh there's a bunch of stores that are that are around like famous uh, it's like basically Times Square right but in for 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 Japan yeah um, yeah
2: yeah, that's cool yeah for me um i had i had somewhat recently been to that starbucks funny enough which i wanted to talk about very quickly but when i saw that starbucks i was like wow i've been there like it's it's up on the like second floor or whatever and it's like i don't know the view then, of the crossing yeah on the for sure. yeah that that um, that location is extremely busy extremely popular uh it's but the I that most was cool. people
1: that crosswalk i think in the world it's like
2: yeah probably yeah that Burger King, also the which I think he he highlights a little bit too. There's a big Uniqlo and stuff there too, but uh, that Burger yeah, King Uniclo, is super yeah. duper famous there too. Um, quickly, one of the things I wanted to mention uh, in terms of uh, um, there's a lot of ties. Like obviously the whale at the end of the movie is kind of interesting, but um, there was some like kind of lore or theories or whatever that one of the reasons that he used a whale. Obviously, there was the tie to Moby Dick, and he, he, they, even though they don't directly mention it, they obviously, um, it's the book that he's learning about with Kaide. But also, um, they, they're near Shibuya, obviously, and there's like that, um, that, um, that kind of influence. But also, Starbucks is named after, um, is, it gets its name essentially from from the influence from Moby Dick. Um, so that's that's there's like kind of some unique ties to that as well is uh obviously there's like a big theme on like whales in the movie and at the same time um there's like the theme of like the Shibuya crossing and the big starbucks there so that was something I thought that was kind of kind of neat and unique that you guys uh might find interesting um one, one thing I want to
0: go ahead sorry
2: oh no go ahead go ahead okay
0: yeah one thing I want to mention that I, I forgot to mention was what did you I didn't get what the re, if there's any reference uh for the dark energy the humans have the hole in them and oh. I'm does that reference mm-hmm. anything from, from, from life or I, I can't even get the reference.
1: I have, that. I have some thoughts on that, but um, go,
2: go, go for it. I don't, I don't, I mean, I I could maybe make some guesses, but I'm curious what you're, what you're thinking, TJ.
1: Well, I just think about it like this, like, um, and this is like a theme that's like common, very common in raw stories and a lot of things. It's basically like the abyss, right? The void. And that's basically, people a lot of the times they have issues and anger and uh unresolved issues because mm-hmm. they haven't filled that void in their life oh yeah and it kind of like it, it's uh, referenced in games or yeah. and or, and i actually believe that actually yeah yeah because both um,
0: both children both mm-hmm. childs ha- had that uh confusion and right uh, yeah yeah,
1: because they lacked um, they lacked love, or they lacked uh, you know yeah. attention, or 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 or, or uh, whatever whatever they, whatever they it is. Lacking, yeah, and it's something that
0: animals in general don't have. Yeah, right. Yeah, so true. the animal kingdom doesn't have that, and that's why the animal kingdom says, "Oh, be careful of humans; they have the dark side."
1: Right. Yeah, because I feel that like. Um... Like I was saying, like the abyss, or they, they, or even in Dark Souls games, or whatever they call it, <laughs> like the abyss. Right? A lot of this hatred and or this evilness, or whatever the case may be, it comes from like this, uh this place of void or or or, or lacking. Uh, so yeah, that's cool. Yeah.
2: That's cool. Hey TJ, um we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Obviously, what were your thoughts on the film, and in particular, we were talking about like the script a little bit. Is there? Yeah. Did, you, yeah. did you want to talk a little bit about that?
1: sure i mean i really i really enjoyed the film especially the animation style i found it was really cool uh, like i said i really liked the realism and the the still frames and then the kind of like animation that's happening around the still frames and it kind of uh, was cool that i feel like a lot of concept art was used like for the film which is like, you could really tell like it's like like because sometimes they make concept arts and then like they kind of like it's kind of close to that whereas this film i really feel they worked really closely with the concept arc that they designed kind of thing um yeah the only my own like i said that my only gripe about the movie is really like the second half of the film i found that it was a little bit weak um script wise for me personally again this is just my my opinion uh, just like you know the uh, that character that um, Ren is dealing with, like his rival and stuff, like they like they introduce him. Yeah, and I feel like dope. stuff go, happens very rapidly towards the end. Like I feel like they yeah, it kind of like
0: um... it kind of got rushed. It's like yeah, exactly. one little event happened, and all of a sudden they're more their mortal enemies and the, yeah exactly they, it's they, like, go boss battle, they go to a yeah. boss yeah. battle go to right away yeah. like yeah
1: exactly it's like okay <laughs> and and i felt like the the whole story was like gearing up between the battle between the the bear and yeah, and,
2: yeah. And Kuma yeah i find and this that wasn't even that wasn't even like the, the main battle which is cool yet. like they i don't i wouldn't have yeah. mind if they did I, I,
0: like yeah. i enjoyed the story and it was different uh, types of approaches and concepts but i find it had uh, it lacked a little bit of subtlety compared to films like princess mononoke because that was my previous anime film that i saw mm-hmm. and uh, it almost felt like i, I was uh, i i was always ex- i was expecting near the end of the movie for for it to get really deep you know yeah for, exactly for, for, exactly. For, know for, like, exactly what you're saying yeah. but it kind of just it was a bit simple it was kind of like it just it became like really simplified exactly you know? yeah,
1: yeah. I, I know exactly what you're saying, but hey, that's that's just that's just my take on it. But I, I I really enjoyed it. I think it's a very solid film. Yeah, very solid. Um, it's just yeah, I I think that it just lacks that that oomph, you know, to put it over the uh, yeah, over the,
2: the top, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's very, it was a fantastic film, and the animation quality is top notch. Like, yeah. wow, there's some yeah. instances where you're just like, is this really animated? This looks so good, you know.
2: Yeah, so yeah yeah. So
1: that's about it from for for me. Uh, any closing thoughts or anything like that?
2: Uh nothing nothing for me really, but I, I honestly it was uh I'm really happy I got the opportunity to talk about this movie and then u- ultimately I got you know the coolest part obviously is I got the opportunity to share this with you because I think it's uh, maybe a movie that you guys probably wouldn't have seen and although yeah, The movie is a little bit, uh, simple at times. I think there's a lot of really beautiful aspects of the movie that I was happy sharing and and talking about with you guys. So, so ultimately Mm -hmm. just, thank you. I'm happy. I'm happy. I got a chance to do it. I was uh, super pumped.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for the recommendation. It was really, uh, like I said, it it was a pleasant surprise and it was nice to, uh, to watch something different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to say like one last thing, uh, the film also, there was a, it reminds me a little bit of um, Where the Wild Things Are. You ever saw that film?
2: Yeah, especially, like, with, just the, like especially going with the beasts.
1: The beasts and everything, yeah.
0: That's a very common thing. But uh, anyways, that was the last, my closing uh, comment for that.
2: Yeah. Tony, any closing thoughts?
0: Yeah, I'm glad I saw it. It was uh, any chance for me to watch uh, good anime is a welcome. Uh, thanks for showing it to us. And uh, I still have to think about uh the ending where the reincarnation of kumatesu like what it what it means and the depth of that but uh yeah that's uh yeah i'm, I'm satisfied with with the movie for sure
2: awesome
1: all right guys well we're going to close this episode up so um episode 4 and 5 will be available uh check them out episode 4 Memento. episode 5 uh episode 5 already guys amazing i know <laughs> so uh yeah so just um stay tuned we'll have the next episode next week i'll i'll be picking a movie you guys just have to stay tuned and uh buckle up, <laughs> buckle
2: up. <laughs> looking forward to it
1: all right guys well
2: sirenara) <laughs> <laughs>